This is News Source 1 Mikiana. Welcome to your new afternoon and evening edition of News 2 Go. All the news and feature segments to keep you entertained and enlightened. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A Russian attack has severely damaged a children's hospital and maternity ward in the port city of Mariupol, according to Ukrainian officials. Citizens are also trying to escape shelling on the outskirts of Kiev, streaming toward the capital, amid warnings from the West that Moscow's invasion is about to take a more brutal and indiscriminate turn. President Biden warning U.S. energy companies against excessive price increases at the gas pump. White House correspondent Greg Clugston reports. The president is vowing to do everything he can to minimize gas price increases, but he admits the U.S. blocking of Russian oil imports will push prices higher, and he cautions the energy industry against exploiting consumers. There's no time for profiteering or price gouging. Even though many Republicans support the Russian oil import ban, they're hammering the Biden White House for rising pump prices and the worst inflation in 40 years. Greg Clugston. Washington. Also at SRNnews.com, Chernobyl is cut off the electric grid by Russians, sparking fears of radioactive contamination from cooling nuclear fuel. More from Bernie Bennett. The Chernobyl plant in Ukraine remains disconnected from the grid due to damage inflicted by Russian occupying forces. Energoatom, or the state-run National Nuclear Energy Generating Company of Ukraine, said the 750-kilovolt Chernobyl-Kiev high-voltage line is currently disconnected. The Chernobyl station and all nuclear facilities of the exclusion zone are without electricity. The regulator explained that there are about 20,000 spent fuel assemblies stored at the facility that require constant cooling. Without electricity to cool the pumps, the temperature in the holding pools will increase, prompting the release of radioactive substances into the environment. Bernie Bennett reporting. And on Wall Street, all three major indexes sharply higher, well up well over 2%. This is SRN News. One leading evangelical is concerned about how many states are legalizing sports betting. We live in a world in which the moral arguments against gambling have fallen even as the influence of biblical Christianity has fallen in the culture. Dr. Albert Moeller of the Southern Baptist Convention. We also have the reality that once you have a virus start like a new form of gambling, eventually every state thinks it has to get into it, and then by that time it wants to get into it in a big way. He says more in his daily briefing at albertmoeller.com. The leading organization for doctors who deliver babies throwing its weight behind abortion. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists has filed a brief against the pro-life Mississippi law that's currently being considered by the Supreme Court, calling it fundamentally at odds with the provision of safe and essential health care. This is SRN News. President Biden under fire from Senate Foreign Relations Committee Chairman Bob Menendez for seeking to buy more oil from Venezuela. Menendez says Biden's overture to Venezuela, quote, risks perpetuating a humanitarian crisis that has destabilized Latin America and the Caribbean for an entire generation. The New Jersey Democrat calls President Nicolas Maduro a cancer in our hemisphere, and in his words, we should not breathe new life into his reign of torture and murder. The White House is seeking new supplies of oil as it tries to fight rising fuel prices, an effort complicated by new sanctions against Russian oil, and the Democrats' fierce opposition to increased U.S. oil production. Bob Agner reporting. Meanwhile, the Venezuelan government has freed two jailed Americans, including an oil executive, 
imprisoned alongside colleagues for more than four years as it seeks to improve relations with the Biden administration. More details at SRNnews.com. From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Simon Marks. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is accusing Russian forces of attacking a maternity and children's hospital in the Black Sea port city of Mariupol. He says there are infants buried beneath the rubble and he's calling the assault an atrocity. Video from the scene shows pregnant women being led out of the hospital in shock as its ruins continue to burn. At the State Department in Washington today... The attack on the hospital is absolutely abhorrent, uh, reckless and appalling, and the UK is at the forefront of supplying humanitarian aid into Ukraine. British Foreign Secretary Liz Truss speaking after a meeting with US Secretary of State Antony Blinken. They again insisted there is no allied support for a no-fly zone over Ukraine, and the Secretary of State flayed the Russians for failing to honour humanitarian corridors for a third successive day. The Kremlin's proposals to create humanitarian corridors leading into Russia and Belarus are absurd. It's offensive to suggest the Ukrainian people should seek refuge from the very government that has demonstrated such disregard for their lives. He said the U.S. continues to believe that President Putin wants to topple the Ukrainian government and install a puppet regime in Kiev loyal to Moscow. The International Atomic Energy Agency says it's monitoring the situation at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant, now controlled by the Russians. Ukrainian authorities say Russian forces damaged a high-voltage power line that could lead to a radiation leak from the entombed reactor that was seen in 1986 of the world's worst nuclear accident. But the IAEA says at the moment there is no critical impact on safety. Vadim Ivchenko is a member of the Ukrainian parliament. Uh, I've told with the, with the head of Ukrainerga, uh, he told me that the Chernobyl was switched off from the uh, state power grid. That's really a problem. I think we need the negotiation and the mediator who will uh, take this power plant under the uh, international organization. U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris is heading to Warsaw to meet the leaders of Poland and Romania, but the visit comes after the Pentagon rejected a Polish plan to share fighter jets with Ukraine, though Antony Blinken indicated today there might still be some way of advancing the proposal. In other news, the United Nations is warning it would be a mistake to believe that the COVID-19 pandemic is over. The first person to receive a pig's heart as a transplant has died two months after the groundbreaking surgery in the United States and explorers have discovered the almost perfectly preserved wreckage of polar explorer Ernest Shackleton's lost ship Endurance in waters off the coast of Antarctica. It sank in 1915. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. The government of Poland said on Tuesday that it's ready to send a stockpile of old Russian MiG fighter jets to Ukraine on the basis that the United States would then replace them. The State Department said they were surprised by Poland's offer, but the Biden administration is worried now that the shipment of MiGs to Ukraine might be seen by President Vladimir Putin as a sign that NATO is entering the conflict with Russia. Former British Foreign Secretary 
Jeremy Hunt thinks it's a tough decision to weigh up. I don't see why we can't do that, and I, but it's a matter for the polls. There are mm. implications uh, for them if they do that, and uh, ultimately they must decide that. But in all these things, what we're trying to do is to calculate how a very dangerous uh, and slightly unhinged adversary might react. And so I think we have to be cautious and pragmatic. But I think the truth is that this has been uh, both a disastrous period in diplomacy for the West because we didn't stop this invasion Mm. happening, but actually in the last two weeks a very impressive rebound because I think the people have seen, the world has seen the West unite. And so I think that gives us courage that actually we can end up with the right result. That, of course, assumes Russia does not topple the government of Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, which remains very much Moscow's ambition. The main news again, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is accusing Russian forces of attacking a maternity hospital in Mariupol. He says there are infants buried beneath the rubble. The Ukrainians are also blaming the Russians again today for the failure of several planned humanitarian corridors to come into force. And explorers have discovered the almost perfectly preserved wreckage of Ernest Shackleton's lost ship Endurance in the waters off Antarctica. It sank in 1915. And that is the latest feature story news. Simon Marks reporting. Detailed forecast Friday will feature a wintry mix and below zero wind chill Saturday. Wednesday mostly sunny, with a high near 43. Southwest wind 5 to 15 miles per hour becoming northwest in the afternoon. Wednesday night partly cloudy, with a low round 26. Northwest wind around 5 miles per hour. Thursday partly sunny with a high near 39. North wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Thursday night a 50% chance of snow. Mostly cloudy, with a low round 25. North wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Friday a 30% chance of snow. Mostly cloudy, with a high near 34. Reminder to spring forward one hour Saturday evening. In her book, Pilgrim at Tinker Creek, Annie Dillard wrote this, I had been my whole life a bell and never knew it until at that moment I was lifted and struck. Friend, do you remember the moment you were converted when God restored you to your true self? Was it a friend who shared the gospel and suddenly your heart was strangely warmed? Did you read something that suddenly opened your eyes and you saw the whole world new? Were you sitting in church and suddenly God's grace became truly amazing and moments later you find yourself walking the aisle with your hands in the air singing amazing grace loudly even though you couldn't carry a tune. Hi, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church and I remember the day the sun shone into my heart and I discovered who God had made me to be. But the fact is, I've not always appreciated the freedom Christ has given me. I've found myself forgetting who I am and who I belong to. And that's why Psalm 78 was written, because God's people are a forgetful people. It begins, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done.
Psalm 78 is a wisdom psalm, meant to be passed down from one generation to another. It is the story of the miraculous works God has done in history, freeing his people and saving them. And it is a story filled with dark sayings, because again and again, God's people forget all he has done, and they rebel against him. Psalm 78 is Israel's history. It begins in Egypt and ends at David. The Israelites in Egypt were slaves, but God freed them to be a royal priest to the holy nation. And Psalm 78 recounts God defeating the Egyptians, giving them new lives, leading them to the promised land, and along the way, providing water from the rock, manna from heaven, all they needed. God graced them and proved his faithfulness for century after century. And mixed into those many blessings, the accounts of those of God, are the dark saints. And I think verse 32 sums them up. In spite of all this, they still sinned. Despite his wonders, they did not believe. They were a forgetful people, like you and me. God lifts us up and we find ourselves wringing out his glory and it's just a matter of time before we find ourselves forgetting and getting turned around again. And we find ourselves in a bad way and we turn back to God, we call out and he delivers us and then we do it all over again. That is why Psalm 78 is a help to us. It's actually 72 verses long, reminding a forgetful people of how faithful God is. God continues to deliver his people in manifold ways for century after century. You see, it's not our faithfulness that gets us to the promised land. It's God's faithfulness. So I invite you to consider your history today. What blessings have come to you despite your sinfulness? What people has God put in your path at that necessary time? What sermon was preached that seemed to be tailored just for you during a particular struggle? What provision suddenly arrived on your doorstep in that hour of need? Friend, what blessings have come to you over the course of your life? And now I invite you to pan out and remember that you're not the only bell God has rung. For thousands of years, God has been sending out missionaries, pastors, ordinary folks, with the good news for those who are still in slavery to sin and to the devil. I'm actually here, think about it, on the other side of the earth, in the wilds of Indiana, and how many people came before me who extended the gospel before it arrived here? And every one of them was also forgetful and needed God to intervene in their lives again and again and again. I think this is a helpful song for us to consider in our own history, in our own day, as we see our culture moving further and further from God. You see, we believe that every human being is an image bearer of the Holy God, meant to resound His glory. And some people don't know that, and it's most clear to us because we see their sin. But when we focus on their sin, we are forgetting that we're constantly forgetting and slipping back into sin too, and needing God's grace to raise us up. That actually makes us more like our unbelieving neighbors than we are different. The major difference is most of them don't know their bells because they have not yet been rung by God if we see their unbelief and not their sin as the only difference that matters ultimately, perhaps we can not only get along with them better, but we might find ourselves being the very instruments God uses to help them ring true and discover their true selves. And then we can ring true together and keep reminding each other
to remember who we are and who we belong to. Ex-World Boxing Champions to Defend Ukraine This is BreakingNewsEnglish.com Two former Ukrainian boxing world champions have joined what is probably the greatest fight of their lives. The two are brothers, and they have vowed to take up arms to help defend the Ukrainian capital, Kiev. Vitaly Klitschko, 50, is the current mayor of Kiev. He retired from a glittering career in boxing in 2013, having been heavyweight champion for over a decade. He told reporters that he would fight. He said... I don't have another choice. I have to do that. I'll be fighting. It's already a bloody war. Vitaly's brother, Waldemir, 45, dominated the heavyweight and super heavyweight divisions for 15 years. He tweeted, Destruction and death come upon us. We will defend ourselves with all our might and fight for freedom and democracy. The boxing siblings have joined the ranks of their compatriots and fellow citizens in mounting a defense of their city. Authorities have already distributed 18,000 rifles to Kiev residents to defend themselves. There are also images on social media of old women learning to make Molotov cocktails. The two brothers have been outspoken critics of Russia's President Putin and are aware of the danger they now face. Yahoo Sports highlighted the perils that lie ahead. It wrote, There is an immense amount of bravery required to slip between the ropes and fight another man who has trained for months to defeat you. That's child's play compared to the fight the Klitschkos face today. This is Christie reporting from Vancouver. UK government gives twice-fired politician top honour. This is BreakingNewsEnglish.com the UK government has awarded one of its highest honours to a former minister who was fired twice by successive prime ministers. Gavin Williamson, 45, will receive a knighthood for services to public life. He will become Sir Gavin Williamson. The award has angered many politicians in Britain due to Mr Williamson's somewhat chequered career. He was fired as Defence Secretary by then Prime Minister Theresa May in 2019, over a national security leak over discussions about the UK's national security and Chinese telecoms company Huawei. Ms May said she had lost confidence in his ability to serve. Current PM Boris Johnson fired him from being Education Secretary in September 2021 following a series of gaffes. Knighthoods are awarded to Britons who have excelled in their field or in areas of public life. Recipients have usually spent decades as incredible leaders or winners. Williamson only became a politician in 2010. Other politicians have said he is undeserving of the honour. One said the only award he should get was Worst Education Secretary in History. Another said his record in government was disgraceful. She said, Williamson left children to go hungry, created two years of complete chaos over exams, and failed to get laptops out to kids struggling to learn during lockdowns. 
Some newspapers said the award is in return for Williamson keeping quiet about allegations surrounding Boris Johnson. TikTok videos to be ten minutes long. This is BreakingNewsEnglish dot com. TikTok users will soon be able to upload ten minute long videos. The video platform launched worldwide in two thousand eighteen. Allowing users to create one-minute videos, that length tripled in July 2021 to three minutes. TikTok says an extension to 10 minutes will allow people to be more creative. A company spokesperson said, "We're always thinking about new ways to enrich the TikTok experience." She added, "We introduce longer videos, giving our community more time to create and be entertained." Today, we're excited to start rolling out the ability to upload videos that are up to ten minutes, which we hope would unleash even more creative possibilities for our creators around the world. Social media consultant Matt Navarra said the new time limit means TikTok will be a bigger rival to YouTube. However, TikTok could lose users who prefer shorter videos. They could switch to other social media platforms. Like Instagram's Reels, Snapchat's Spotlight, or YouTube's Shorts, Mr. Navarro says shorter videos are more popular with younger people who are used to whizzing through videos at speed. He says longer videos are more suited to older people. Navarro believes the longer videos may increase TikTok's profits as they are easier to monetize and keep people on platform longer. Short bite-sized videos are one of the reasons for TikTok's huge popularity. It has more than one billion monthly active users. This is Cynthia Hitz reporting from Pennsylvania in the United States. Who is the fake heiress Anna Delvey, and what does the story of this Instagram legend say about us? On Inventing Anna, the official podcast, you'll get VIP access to the real people who inspired the Shondaland series and to the creatives who brought them to life, like Matt Byrne, who was in the courtroom for Anna's trial. Was she gonna take off with that twenty million dollars from the banks? Listen to Inventing Anna, the official podcast, every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What would you do if the woman closest to you didn't come home tonight after work or school? No call. No, nothing. How long before you start to worry? How long before you call the authorities? What happens if they dismiss your fears and tell you not to worry because they think she just ran away from home? What do you do then? On average, in the United States over the past three decades, approximately eight hundred thousand people were reported missing each year. Of those, an estimated thirty percent are black, while black people make up only thirteen percent of the population. Furthermore, an article from ABC News tells us that of the quarter million girls and women that were reported missing in 2020, 40% were women of color, and that Indigenous, Black, and Hispanic women and girls go missing at higher rates. Missing while black is a phrase that is appearing more frequently in news media, so much so that according to a press release, quote, U.S. Representative Jamie Raskin, chairman of the Subcommittee on Civil Rights and Civil Liberties, held a hearing chaired by U.S. Representative Robin Kelly to examine the disproportionate rates by which BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, and people of color, women, and girls go missing, the disparate treatment their cases receive by law enforcement and the media, and potential solutions to address this crisis. End quote. 
To discuss this further, Derricka Wilson, founder of the Black and Missing Foundation, is with us today. As co-star of the recent HBO documentary, Black and Missing, and on the heels of her organization, the Black and Missing Foundation's recent testimony in front of Congress, she is uniquely qualified to provide insight into the missing while Black phenomenon, as well as what we can do about it. This is our daily story, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. So welcome, Derricka. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us today. Hello, and thank you for having me. Yes, indeed. This is very important to uh, talk about. So um, this hopefully is, is time well spent on all sides. So let's get started. From your website, blackandmissinginc.com, you mentioned that cases of missing Black people remain unsolved four times longer than those white people. What are some of the factors that you believe contribute to white people, especially women, getting the lion's share of media coverage when they go missing? You know, sadly, when it comes to persons of color being reported missing, law enforcement simply isn't taking our cases seriously. You know, when our children go missing, they're oftentimes labeled as runaways. Runaways are not receiving the Amber Alert. And quite frankly, there's not enough uh, resources dedicated in finding them. And when it's men and women um, of color, you know, their cases are oftentimes associated with some sort of criminal activity. So we have the fact that law enforcement, they're not taking our cases seriously. And if they're not taking our cases seriously, the media is not going to spotlight our cases. And sadly, those decision makers that are in the newsroom who make the decision as to what gets that attention don't typically look like us. So your sister-in-law, Natalie, had the opportunity to address Congress. What are some of the things Congress is doing about the missing wild black phenomenon? Well, number one, awareness is key. You know, we need to make everyone aware of this issue. And it's our hope that we've outlined some key factors that we need for our lawmakers to change. For example, we need the reporting structure changed. Um, most families have to wait 24 hours before they can report their loved ones missing. We need for that to be done immediately. And not every jurisdiction is like that, but that is definitely a start. Uh, we all know that the first 24 to 48 hours are the most critical moments when someone goes missing. So telling a family who is dealing with the unknown of not knowing where their loved one is to wait 24 more hours before they can report, we have to do away with that. Another uh, challenge that we are facing, again, is with the runaway classification. Stop labeling our children as runaways. They're missing. Their minds are still developing. And it gives that perception when you call a child a runaway, it gives that perception that whatever happens to him or her, they brought it on themselves. They're missing and we need to find them. We also need for there to be policies and procedures established across this country with law enforcement agencies. We're finding that some of them don't know what to do or how to handle missing persons because they don't have those policies and procedures in place because missing persons isn't considered a priority. They feel that they can come and, you know, come and go as they please. And we need more funding for our organization. As you spewed out the, the, the statistics moments ago, 40% of missing persons in the United States are persons of color. And we know that the numbers are off because even with the Hispanic community, they're classified with the white category. So we know the numbers are higher and we need more funding so we can have more people on our team to help find our missing and create programs to protect them. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. That's something that I've uh, once upon a time experienced firsthand. So I appreciate the response. Now, you've recently suggested that when black and brown girls go missing, oftentimes they're adultified by authorities. And as you mentioned just now, there's this idea that they're runaways or otherwise somewhat or somehow responsible for what's happening or deserve what's happening to them. Explain where this disconnect originates and what we can do to have our missing persons reports taken seriously by the authorities. Well, you know, that's a great question. It's really twofold. I want to share something with you first. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a study conducted by the Urban Institute and they started interviewing traffickers um, that were prosecuted and traffickers were actually admitting to targeting Black girls and women uh, because they knew that if they were caught, they would get less jail time. Wow. And and that right there just let everyone knows that there's a target on our back. You know, our lives are just not valued. So we really have to, number one, take these cases seriously and, and stiffen the, the punishment for those that are brought to justice for such crimes. So what can we do to have our missing persons reports taken seriously by the authorities? Oh, absolutely. First and foremost, our community, our voice matters. Okay. So even during those election periods, um, voting for those uh, elected officials that hold the same ideas and agendas that you have in mind, changing those reporting structures, um, changing those classifications, We also encourage uh, our community to pursue careers in law enforcement, to to be that change, pursue careers in media relations so we can have that more diverse newsroom of representation that everyone matters. And, And then from the community standpoint, we need our community to be involved. We need our community to be that digital milk carton because we're not naive. We understand that not every case is going to make the five and 10 o'clock news cycle. Um, but we do recognize that social media is a very powerful tool and, and being able to get those flyers out there in the hands of so many, you know, outside of that news cycle can greater the chances of a reunion. Sure, sure, absolutely. Discussing the missing while black phenomenon, We have Derricka Wilson, founder of the Black and Missing Foundation with us today. So during the congressional subcommittee hearing to address the missing BIPOC women and girls, it was stated that, quote, the data available is not robust or reliable to paint a full picture of the magnitude of the problem, end quote. Discuss the effects that having incomplete or inaccurate data has on this missing while Black phenomenon. So again, we receive our statistics from the FBI every year. And, you know, the the cases are broken down by race. And when you look at it, again, when we started our organization nearly 14 years ago, 30% of missing persons in the United States were persons of color, mainly Black men. Um, and that, now that number has increased to 40%. But when you start looking at the fact that, you know, the Hispanic population is classified with white we know that a lot of them, you know, identify as at least 25% of them identify as Latino black, right? So again, those numbers are skewed. And the key word here also is reported. Mm. All right. Because even in our community, we have families that go and report 
their loved ones missing and the cases are not taken seriously. Hmm. So the what you're receiving from NCIC, which is the National Crime Information Center that the FBI puts out with those statistics, those numbers are based solely on the cases that are reported. Wow. There are hundreds of cases that are not taken seriously in the black and brown community. And when you're thinking about the Hispanic community, you know, there's that also that fear of deportation and the language barriers. And so, you know, that community is actually left out as well because they don't want to report. And then when it comes to the black community, you know, there is that sense of distrust with law enforcement or simply just not taking the cases seriously, you know, and, and these families are turned away and left to fend for themselves. Sure. Absolutely. And if you, do you have any advice on how we can educate our girls to make sure that they don't end up missing? Oh, absolutely. Well, what we have been seeing lately is that there's a lot that's occurring on social media. You know, social media is a blessing. It's also a curse. It's a blessing for us because, again, we can't always wait on a five and 10 o'clock news cycle. But these predators are utilizing social media to lure, you know, our children. Um, these dating apps are being used to lure our women. Um, and just being mindful of those dangers that exist. You know, we're we're living in a, you know, a virtual world now. And you have to be very careful and not be so trusting, not be so forthcoming of giving a lot of information out because, the numbers are steadily increasing every single day. So just be mindful. And, you know, to all the parents out there that are listening, we encourage you to be your children's parents and not be their friend. You know, be that nosy parent, you know, have those uncomfortable discussions with them about the dangers that are out there because it's life saving. And the last point I would like to make is, you know, in your time, you know, take a self-defense class. You know, um, to, so you can arm yourself with the skills, the knowledge, the techniques and the tools to be able to protect yourself and fend those perpetrators off in the event that you find yourself in a situation. Very good. Now, has your organization had a case that has had a profound impact on you, something that stands out in your mind? Uh, actually, yes, um, I would say the. The inspiration behind the organization itself, okay. uh, a young lady by the name of Tamika Houston, she went missing from my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina. And despite the fact that her aunt worked in public relations, she struggled to garner mainstream media coverage for her niece. And about a year later, Natalie Holloway went missing and we said her name alone. Everyone knows Natalie Holloway right. and, and the Lacey Peterson and the Chandra Levy's and Gabby Petitos, but, you know, no one can name that Black person um, or person of color that has garnered mainstream media because it doesn't exist. So Tamika's case was the inspiration behind it, because when I looked at Tamika, I saw my sister, I saw my nieces. Um, I, she was like family. And so Natalie and I we said, why not us? You know, my background is law enforcement. Natalie's background is public relations. And those are the two critical professions needed to help us find us. Well, uh, we're certainly grateful for the work that you're doing. And while we're on the subject, how can people keep up with you and, and help support the work that you're doing? 
Absolutely. We encourage all the listeners, viewers to go to BAMFI.org. That's BAMFI.org. Join our network, our community. Uh, We send out alerts every single day. You know, we challenge and encourage everyone to look at our missing profile. See who's missing in your community. You may hold the key to end this nightmare for these families. And from our website, you can access all of our work, social media platforms. And again, join our community to see what we may be doing in your uh, respective community as well. Very good. Well, thank you very much for your insight. Uh, Once again, today's guest is Derricka Wilson, the founder of the Black and Missing Foundation. Uh, We appreciate your time. And before we go, I'll leave you with this. Once upon a time, a beautiful young Black girl went missing from my high school. All of her friends and family joined together and posted flyers. We knocked on doors and searched the streets and the internet. I saw a desperate family ache over what could have been the worst case scenario, crying and moaning, burdened with uncertainty and powerless to compel the police to take action because she hadn't been missing long enough. She was later recovered from the house of an older man after someone reported seeing her walking from school. She was unharmed, returned home, and is my friend to this day. She is one of the lucky ones. But as we've learned, this isn't always the case. For many Black families, the crying, moaning, and uncertainty never ends. The prolonged agony doesn't lessen over time, but rather morphs into grieving. Fortunately, there are people like Derricka Wilson, U.S. Representative Jamie Raskin, and many others creating changes that will lead to more positive outcomes more of the time for our communities. And as individuals, we must monitor their progress and support them wherever we can. You never know. The woman closest to you may one day be glad you did. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Follow us on all social media at Our Daily Story Podcast. I am your host, Ramses Ja. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on Our Daily Story. Who is the fake heiress, Anna Delvey? And what does the story of this Instagram legend say about us? On Inventing Anna, the official podcast, you'll get VIP access to the real people who inspired the Shondaland series and to the creatives who brought them to life, like Matt Byrne, who was in the courtroom for Anna's trial. Was she gonna take off with that $20 million from the banks? Listen to Inventing Anna, the official podcast, every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is News Source 1 Michiana, Elkhart South Bend, 